0: Today on a thematic thing that I feel impressed to talk about, I'm going to talk about the two words of Thanksgiving, the two words of thanksgiving the two words, and I want to speak on that today. It's very, it's very much the time and the season to do that, and it's not difficult for me to talk about it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of like Smith Wigglesworth. They asked him one time how he still had passion. He said, "Well, I never got over getting saved." And I I never have. I just never got over it. I just I just love the fact that God chose me and God saved me. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. And I I look at it with, with wonderment. I still I'm still in awe of the presence and the blessings of God. If you're a guest here today, we honor you. We thank you for coming to be with us. This is a this is a neat place. It's a nice place. It's a warm place. We call it the Habakkuk Church. Somebody nicknamed it the Habakkuk Church. It's an embracing place. And we, we love people here. Turn to somebody and say, I'm going to help the pastor. And you may be seated in the name of the Lord. I'm going to give you enough time to have fellowship when this is over. So I'm not going to be long. I'll be like Henry VIII told his fifth wife I won't hold you long, all right? <laughs> okay. that's, old. That's, that's old. That's old. That's old. Citibank has a, has a TV commercial. The bank wanted to say thank you to their customers for using their credit cards with 25% interest. So they started a reward program whereby one could earn cash back for using their card. And one of the commercials involves two ladies in a grocery store, and one lady puts her hand on the stomach of the other and asks when the baby was due. The woman looks at her and says, I'm not pregnant. Oops. Oops. And not knowing what... Anybody ever done that? Not knowing what else to say, the woman replies, thank you. With this simple reply, thank you, the offended woman forgets the insulting words that were just uttered and the two ladies embrace. Citibank slogan, it's amazing what a simple thank you can do. Disappointment reigns when we do something for someone and those words are never spoken. It happened probably many times for the Lord, but it happened at least once that we know of. He was on his way to Jerusalem. He was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village, and ten men with leprosy met him. And they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw him, Jesus said, Go show yourselves to the priest, because even he was having a hard time probably disobeying the law. He just spoke to him instead of touching him. He said, go show yourself. And as they went, the Bible said they were cleansed. Isn't that a beautiful story? And one of them, a Samaritan, seeing that he was healed, came back praising God with a loud voice and he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and he thanked him. And Jesus asked, were there not ten cleansed? Were there the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this? He called him a foreigner. And then he said to this grateful Samaritan, rise and go. Your faith has made you, everybody say, whole. Can I say gratitude has a way of making us whole. Gratitude has a way of making us whole. We may have been healed by the Lord, but gratitude makes us whole. Where are the other nine? That's the question that's been asked by pastors and Sunday school teachers for the last 2,000 years. Ten were healed. But only one bothered to so much as write a thank you card. Where were the other nine? We don't know where they were. But I am so glad that you have decided to attend church today on this Thanksgiving Sunday. I think it would be very germane right now to give the Lord a great big hand clap and just say thank you. I really do. It's so important. It's so important to not just say thank you but to live in thank you lifestyle. I know that's why you're here out of a genuine sense of gratitude for what the good Lord has done for you. It's important to say thank you, whether to God or to others who have blessed your life. Gratitude, one man said, is the greatest of all virtues and is the parent it produces all the other virtues. Gratitude is a fruit of great civilization and you do not find it among coarse people and people with not greatness in their civilization. Gratitude is an interest we pay to the Father for the lives He has loaned to us. In fact, gratitude and grace are from the same root word and they signify the free and boundless mercy of God. Thanksgiving is from the same root word as grace which signifies the full and boundless mercy of God. Thanksgiving is from the same root word as think, think. So that to think is to thank. When you think, you got to say thanks. Because as one man put it, there's nobody here got here by themselves. If you ever see a turtle on a fence post, Alex Haley said, he didn't get there by himself. He had to be put up there. He had to be balanced. He had to be steadied. And then he had to be checked on. And all of us, whether we think we're self-made men or self-made women or not, you're not. You have been made by the presence of God. Whether you've served Him or whether you haven't served Him, God has been in your life. He's been working in your life. So I think it's important today that we take some time. We're not going to take a lot of time, but we take some time to say thanks to the Lord who put us on that fence post and stated us and say, now go win the world and go do what I want you to do in the name of the Lord. John Maxwell stated this. He said, the instant we're born, we already owe someone for nine months of room and board. And we never really pay that debt. Bob Jones said, anything you have to be taught to do, Is not part of your nature. And anything you do without being taught is part of your nature. It's a duck's nature to swim. When you throw him in the water, he swims automatically. He doesn't have to have lessons. But it's not a cat's nature to swim. When you throw a cat in the water, she or he will drown. It's not a baby's nature to swim. If you throw an infant in the water, he will drown. The infant can be taught to swim, but it's not part of his nature. And one of the characteristics of of the godly is the ability to say thank you. Somebody has taught the godly gratitude. And one of the chief characteristics of the ungodly is ingratitude. In fact, the Bible said in Romans chapter 1, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to reprobate mind, to do those things which were not convenient. So what I'm telling you is simply this. If you're on the ledge, on the fulcrum between gratitude and ingratitude, go ahead and jump to the thankful side today. Because we didn't get here by ourselves. We're not going to get to where we need to go by ourselves. We're going to get there by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. Why don't you say thank you, Lord, for your grace and thank you for helping me. We just ought to have some cheer here today. Come on, some cheer in the house. That's right. Put it on the screen. Gratitude is the will of God for you. Put that on your, on your refrigerator this week. Gratitude is the will of God. You want to live in the will of God? It's gratitude. It's being grateful. It's being thankful. So 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Say everything. I think that's the hardest scripture in the Bible to, to live. Because some of us can't give thanks when things are not going good to say thanks about. We love to say thanks on the mountaintop, but can you say thanks in the valley? We love to say thanks when our, when our, when our bank account is full, but can we say thanks when we don't have enough money for the month? We love to say thanks when we've got jobs and we're getting promotions, but can we say thanks when we've lost our job? Can we do that? There's a lady in our church that I have pastored since I have been here, and she has had at least four jobs. She's been let go at least three times, and then she's on her fourth job. But every time she walked in here from losing a job, she said, well, God's got something better for me. Hallelujah. And every time God gave her something else, it was something better. I'm here to tell you God never shuts a window that He doesn't open a door for you. So here's what I want to tell you. You need to thank God if you don't have good health today. Go ahead and praise Him anyhow. You need to thank God today if your family's not all with you this holiday. Go ahead and praise Him. You need to thank God if everything's going under for you right now. Praise Him right now. You need to thank God if you don't feel like your family's doing right. Because in everything you've got to give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And if you can thank Him when nothing's going right, you'll praise Him when everything is right. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody give Him glory right now. I will bless the Lord at all times. David he exclaimed this, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Again, he vowed, David, while I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. And it was the same David who shouted, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities. Who heals all our diseases. Anybody been forgiven? Anybody been healed? Anybody been delivered? Anybody been set free? Anybody not held under the affliction of drugs any longer and alcohol any longer? Come on! Anybody? Come on, you need to praise him. David said, I will shout it. I will bless the Lord. The wind. The wind may chill the body, but ingratitude chills the soul. There's an ancient proverb that speaks of thanklessness. It says, as soon as you have drunk, you turn your back on the spring. It's not important that you drink. It's important that you understand that that spring was put there because God wanted you to have something to drink. Luther said, gratitude is the least of virtues. Ingratitude is the worst of vices. But he also said, unthankfulness is theft. The apostle Paul placed unthankfulness as the fountainhead of other sins. Now watch this. In 1st Romans chapter 1 he said because that when they the heathens knew God they glorified him not as God neither were thankful but became. And if you want to read what they became you need to read Romans chapter 1. They became because they did not glorify him not as God and they were not thankful. One traveler who discovered a remote tribe with no word for thanks found very low morality among that tribe. In the earlier years we used to say I thank you. Later the faster tempo of life, we dropped the I and we just simply said thank you. And then as life has moved into warp speed, now we just say thanks. I worry that we're going to get going so fast that we'll drop the thanks from I thank you, from thank you to thanks to nothing. Too often, every ounce of gratitude is completely omitted. Like when the lady boarded the streetcar one day and a man rose to give her his seat, she fainted. When she came to, she thanked him for the seat. Then he fainted. You'll get that after a while. Ingratitude kept Joseph in prison two years longer than he should have stayed in prison. Ingratitude. Two important servants of Pharaoh thrust into the same prison with Joseph had disturbing dreams which Joseph interpreted. And though the baker would be hanged within three days, the butler would be restored to his position. And Joseph begged the butler... When you get out of here, think on me when it's well with you and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me and make mention of me and unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house of bondage. Events turned out exactly as Joseph had predicted. The baker was hanged and the butler was reinstated. Yet the Bible said in verse 23, the chief butler remembered Joseph. He not, did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. And two years after his release, Pharaoh himself had a dream. And it troubled him. And the butler remembered Joseph after 24 months of forgetting. God's will, folks, is for us to be a thanksgiving group of people, even though it may be belated. So I want, to, I want to say one more time here today. If God has blessed you mightily, if you're living on the hallelujah side, if this has been a banner year for you, I think you ought to praise him on your feet today. I think you ought to thank God with everything that's in your heart today. Come on now. Don't let gratitude be belated. Don't let gratitude be something you leave behind. Let gratitude be in your life today. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Please be seated. You're awesome people. Put this on your refrigerator. Ingratitude is iniquity and will always lead to heartache. Everybody say ingratitude Ingratitude." is iniquity and it will always lead to heartache. Why is there such an advent of ingratitude? Why? Why do people get ungrateful? Why is it hard to say thanks with our praise and our worship? Why? I think there's two valid reasons. Number one, we are blessed so abundantly. We forget how bad it was without this life. Let me, let me just stop and say, love it or loathe it, America's a pretty good place to live. Amen. I'm fists get political right now. I'm going to go a step further. Love it or loathe it, Texas is the best state in the Union. Like it or lump it, Austin is one of the coolest places in all the world to call home. I'm going further. Like it or lo- you don't loathe it, but CLC is one of the greatest places in all the world to have church. Let me tell you something. We're blessed to be a blessing. Do you know, you, you, know, you know what this church did yesterday? you know what this church did? For the fourth time this year, we fed people that were less fortunate than us. And we got some pictures of that. We got some pictures of that. I want to show you some things. You got, can you throw that up? Is it, is it available? Look at here. Come on. Throw some pictures up. Look here. We're making food. We're preparing food. Look at that. Look at the smiles on their faces. That's your church. Look at here. Come on. Keep showing them. You got some more? You got some more? You got some more? Is that it? Is that all? 900 families were served yesterday. Your church. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. Let me tell you something. We're abundantly blessed. But we're blessed to be a blessing to our city. Are you with me? We're blessed to be a blessing to this city. I want to thank everybody. 300 volunteers. 300 volunteers came Friday night. Oh, I get pumped about this. Came Saturday. Saturday. We had all kinds of people from here economically to here economically, from here educationally to here educationally, from here socially uh, uh, as far as, as status to here. I'm telling you, we had all kinds. And then you had a pastor way down here. And I walked in and I got to cry and I said, my Lord, it, it's, it's too much. I'm like David when he sent those boys to get him a drink of water at the well of Bethlehem. Those three boys that broke through the Philistine garrison and got him a drink at the well of Bethlehem. When they brought it back, he just poured it out and said, I can't drink this. I can't drink it. It's too, it's too much for me. I'm telling you, I'm praising God here today because we have a church that's been abundantly blessed. But we're not going to set on our blessing. We're going to bless somebody else. Can you magnify God for that? You've got a church that loves this city. Somebody told me today, said, Pastor, I've had dreams. I've had visions about this church. I see an unwed mother's home. I'm not going to point you where it's at said, I see, I see homes for unwed mothers right here around this church. And he said, I see homes for the retired and the, and the elderly right here around this church. And he said, I see things for people. I see, I see things that we're going to do in this church before the Lord comes. We're going to bless people. You know what? We're on the right track. You hear me? We've been abundantly blessed. Are you clapping your hands for that? We've been abundantly blessed. But we're not blessed so we can, get, so we can sit on our throne and say, look how good we are. We're blessed to be a blessing to somebody else. They said Dr. Stewart was here the other day, <laughs> and he invented some kind of potato stir with a drill that he put this flapper thing on it, and, it, and it, it, it stirred up mashed potatoes. They were going to town. Him, Brother Tom Revisa, they just stirred potatoes all over this place. Let me tell you something. I love a church that loves a community like CLC does. Amen. Now, if you don't, if you if get quiet on me, you got a picture of that baby? Can you throw that baby up there again? All right. Don't get quiet on me, I'm preaching to you right now. The second thing that I think brings in gratitude is that we have and we live sometime in a victim's world. We go from so blessed with some people and then others live in a victim's world and we feel like the world and the church and God owes us something. Let me tell you something, Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Sin hath left a crimson stain, but he washes white as snow. <laughs> Nothing like him. It's hard to say thanks with your hand out thinking the world owes you something. Like in some parts of Mexico, there's natural hot springs and cold springs that well up side by side. you believe that? And the Mexican people often boil their clothes in the hot springs and rinse them in the cold springs. A tourist watching this procedure remarked, to his Mexican companion, I suppose they think Mother Nature is pretty generous. He said, well, yes, senor, but there is so much grumbling because she doesn't provide soap. Yes. <laughs> a lifeguard recently reported that he rescued 223 people from drowning in a year. Only three said thank you. He saved their life and three said, oh, I want to thank you for that. Churchill used to tell a story. I love Winston Churchill. Tell about a man who saved a little boy's life out of some water one day and his mother asked, where's the little boy's hat? He had a hat on. You didn't save that. Come on, woman. Come on, lady. There's a famine of appreciation because we sometimes feel like the world and others and God even owes us something. We could stand here all night. There's an Old Testament word called dinu, D-I-N-U, that simply means it's a Hebrew word. If he does nothing else for me, I'll stand here and praise him the rest of my days. Would you do that right now? Would you clap your hands and praise him? Would you do that right now? It's Thanksgiving Sunday. A farmer was showing a man around his farm one day and they came to this pigsty. There was a magnificent pig that had a wooden leg. (laughs) He had a prosthesis. And not surprisingly, the visitor asked about the wooden leg and the farmer said, oh, that's a very special pig. One night when we were all in bed, the farm caught on fire, but that pig saw it, broke out of the sty, and called the fire brigade. Now this is just a story. Threw buckets of water on the fire, then rushed to the farmhouse and rescued me and my wife and kids. And that's a very special uh, pig. And the man said, did he lose his leg trying to fight the fire? And he said, oh no, but a special pig like that, you don't eat it all at once. That'll do what ails you right there. <laughs> William Stidger was a, in a school of theology in Boston, Massachusetts. and He began to think of the blessings on his life one day, and I'm almost through preaching, folks, believe it or not. I'm going to give you time to fellowship and thank one another for being in church with one another. He remembered the woman that had taught him in school, and she had taught him to love verse. She had taught him to love the Bible in such a way That Stidger felt like his life was just a different life because of this woman. So he wrote her a letter of thanks. She was an old lady now. And she replied this with the feeble scrawl of the old. She said, my dear Willie, I cannot tell you how much your note meant to me. I'm in my 80s. I live alone in a small room. I cook my own meals. I'm lonely and like the last leaf of autumn, I'm lingering behind. You'll be interested to know that I taught school for 50 years and yours is the first note of appreciation I have ever received. It came on a blue cold morning and it cheered me as nothing has in many years. Stidger wept. He thought of other people who had been kind to him and he remembered one of the old bishops who had been most helpful at the beginning of his ministry and the bishop was in retirement and had recently lost his wife to a sudden death. And he wrote him a note and here was his reply. My dear Will, the woman called him Willie and the bishop called him Will. Your letter was so beautiful, so real. I sat reading in my study. Tears fell from my eyes, tears of gratitude. Then before I realized what I was doing, I rose from my chair and called her name to show it to her, forgetting for a moment that she was gone. You will never know how much your letter has warmed my spirit. I've been walking about in the glow of it all day long. Oh, how beautiful appreciation is. The two words of thanksgiving, thank you. Thank you. That's what it's all about. So from the top, Almighty God, our Father, the one that made it all, we want to thank you today. We want to thank you for life. We want to thank you for giving us this beautiful expression. We want to thank you because one day when... We couldn't come to you. You came to us and you sent your only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then when he went away, you sent the comforter and the Comforter's here with us now. You have never left us alone and we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts today. We want to say a great big thanks. And then to the church, we want to say thanks to a church A church, because if you're our Heavenly Father, then church is our mother. We want to say thanks to a church, a church that loves, a church that cares for people, a church that reaches out and embraces people, a church that makes everybody feel welcome, a church that looks like heaven with all kinds of races and all kinds of nationalities, a church that really cares about people from the depths of their soul. We want to thank you for church. And when you thank church, you've got to thank people in the church because the church is not the building. The church is the people that make the building. Amen. So I thank you for the sister and the brother that sat beside me. I thank you for the Sunday school teachers for my kids. I thank you for the choir that sings. I thank you for Brother Randy, how he gives it all every Sunday. I thank you for people in this house that make me just feel wonderful and warm. I thank you for a pastor that preaches with passion. I thank you for people that love with dearness in their heart. I thank you, God. Now. For my family. I appreciate the family. I love my family. I thank God for a family. I thank God for kids that love God. I thank God for little kids that want to go to church. And want to go to Sunday school. I thank God for kids that say we're going to church today daddy. We're going to church today. And I thank God for parents. That bring their kids to the house of God. And I thank you. And I want to give you praise. Because I don't want to be slack. In my praise and gratitude. To you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. There's more sad people in the world today because they feel unappreciated than for any other reason. There are wives that are in despair because they don't feel their husbands appreciate them. There are husbands who feel unappreciated for what they do for the family. There are parents who feel unappreciated by their kids. There are children who feel unappreciated by others. There are church members who feel unappreciated. There are ministers who feel unappreciated. I'm not one of those ministers. I want you to know that. And I don't want you to be one of those people in the church. I want you to know that. So everybody all over this church, let me tell you, I've been kissing a lot of heads today. It's, 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 it's neat. Some of, some of it smelled good. Some of it... Uh, mostly kids, mostly kids. I understand, mostly kids and and, and grandmamas. But I going to tell you something. Some of those kids might get them heads washed every now and then. You know what I'm saying? But the Bible, the Bible said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Anybody he's redeemed here? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men, let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. I wrote it here. Someone needs to say so right now. Would you say so right now? Would you? Would you? Let the redeemed. Would you say so right now? One more time, and I'm going to close. Would you say so right now? Would you say it? Say it. Say it. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Her name was Jennifer Johnson. She was a nurse. She was going home late on a shift one night. Had to go through some bad part of town in her city. A place where some horrible fighting had occurred early in her existence in that town. She dreaded it, but it was really the closest and the shortest way home. But on her way home from the hospital that night, she realized she had not gotten gas. And so when she got to a particular place, that sound and the car died. She pounded her hands against the against the steering wheel and said, Oh God, what have I done? The day before, it was the days before cell phones, and so she just was stuck and she said, God, let somebody come along. Let somebody come along to rescue me. And in the darkness of the night she heard footsteps. It wasn't really what she wanted to come along to rescue her. Footsteps coming. She ducked down into the car and a man came and tapped on the window and said, Ma'am, 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 ma'am. Open the window. I gotta tell you something. I gotta get you out of here. She said, No, go away. He tapped on the window again, ma'am, you don't understand. Let me help you. Let me help you. I'm here to help you. She said, Get out of here. He turned to leave, but he didn't leave. He went and picked up a big old board and he came back and he smashed that window all of a sudden she realized that this man was going to invade her car she went to the other side she was a tough girl she's a tough cookie she went to the other side of the car and he opened the door and grabbed her by the by the ankle and said ma'am i got to get you out of here come quickly i got to get you out of here and she kicked him and hit him right in the face and then bloodied his nose and broke skin and he finally he just held on and pulled her out and got her up and she was beating on him all the way he's walking her away trying to get her away he got her about 20 25 feet in the car and he said, "Ma'am." There, just sit down. See you. And he walked away. In less than a minute, she heard the sound. It was a train coming. She was on a railroad track. She didn't realize it. And the man that had saved her, had saved her from destruction. He knew the time of the train. He knew when it would come and he had to get her out of the car. And he couldn't express himself like she needed him to express himself to her. And so she thought she was in trouble when she really was in the hands of a savior. I know somebody else that had a bloody face one time. His name was Jesus Christ. And he's reached to get a hold of our hearts and our lives because he's, he knows destruction's coming. He knows the end is coming. And he's trying to save all that he can save. And I just think, I just think sometime we forget the price that was paid on Calvary. I think we forget sometime that there's judgment coming and if, if not for the Lord, we wouldn't be here today. But thank you, Lord, because your blood, your grace has saved us. And we're not, going to get, we're not going to get to where we're going without the grace of God. Are you with me? We're not going to get there. I thank God for his grace. Lord, I appreciate the bloody face of the Savior. Lord, help me to be thankful, David said, that you have not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Jesus healed ten men with leprosy. Randy, if you'll help me. Only one return to say thanks. Was he disappointed? Yes. It wasn't that he needed their gratitude. He most certainly did not. But they needed to say thank you to him to truly be healed, both physically and spiritually. Gratitude, please write this down, is a healing bomb. It really is. That's why Thanksgiving Day is so important. God doesn't need our thanks, He's all sufficient, He doesn't need anything. It's we who need to say thank you. The two greatest words of thanksgiving is thank you. A sense of gratitude is one of the surest signs of spiritual health. You got a picture? <laughs> Leave it up. Leave it up. I'm not, I'm not teasing now. I'm not, this is, this, I had fun with it, but let me just say something. When I came to this church almost 25 years ago, with a small parcel of what God has blessed us with. Some of the finest people in the world met in that little A-frame building. But I was nine years removed from a tragedy that hell thought would destroy my life. And I came here and God let me be healed as well as he let the church have healing at the same time. So the flock and the shepherd were healed at the same time. But do you know what happened Thursday? That little boy that I lost in 1981, God's restored me fourfold now. And that little girl that we have, that little Caroline, she just, she's the sprinkles on top of the ice cream. She's the dash of delight in our life. You know what five is in the Bible? It's the number of grace. And on this 14th year of 2000, 2014, the year of double blessing, I stand here today looking at a little boy that has my features, and he's not ugly. And I'm living in grace. I pastor a church that loves God with all their heart and serves the city and gives everything they have to the cause of right. We're We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. Oh, we're blessed. We are so blessed. Keep standing, I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. Rudyard Kipling, one of my favorite poets to read after. He brought this thought to England more than a century ago when Queen Victoria had celebrated 60 years on the British throne in 1897. The nation threw her a grand party and everyone turned out to celebrate and Parliament commissioned Rudyard to write the greatest poet of the day to write a national song. And they expected a song... To explore the splendor of the British Empire. Instead, his verse was called Recessional, and each verse ended with a haunting refrain. And here it is, put it on the screen Lord of Hosts, be with us yet, lest we forget. Lest we forget. And a hundred years later, there's a pastor in this pulpit that's saying, Lord, be with us yet, lest we forget. Lest we forget. me say something don't ever forget what god's done for you don't ever forget the pit he dug you out of don't ever forget the rock he put in your life and placed your feet on that rock i love what one unknown author expressed he said even though i i clutch my blanket and growl when the alarm rings thank you lord that i can hear the alarm there's many who cannot hear Even though I keep my eyes closed against the morning light as long as possible, thank you, Lord, that I can see. Many cannot. Even though I I huddle in my bed and put off rising, thank you, Lord, I have the strength to rise up. There are many who are bedridden. Even though the first hour of my day is hectic, when socks are lost and toast is burned and tempers are short, my kids are too loud. Thank you, Lord, for my family. There are many who are alone. And even though our breakfast table never looks like the pictures in magazine and the menu is at times unbalanced. Thank you, Lord, for the food we have. There are many who are hungry. And even though the routine of my job is often monotonous, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to still work. There are many who have no job. And even though I grumble and bemoan my fate from day to day and wish my circumstances were not so modest, thank you, Lord, for my life. Because God is the source of everything. He's the source of everything and I know I tease about you got a picture I tease about my my boy I think I think he's probably going to be the tallest kid that we're going to have and I think he might be my retirement package but that's not that's not what it's about I'll be too old to even enjoy retirement time he gets up there but well, let me tell you what I think about him. I think maybe God's hands on all my kids. And I think the Lord is going gonna to use my kids, every one of them, to do something great in the kingdom of God. From the oldest 15 to that newborn baby, they're all sweet kids. He didn't sleep well last night. He fussed a lot, but he'll do better. We'll lay hands on him today. But all of our kids, it's not about how they succeed in things that are outside of life. It's how they succeed in life that counts. And only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. And I love Him. And I'm thankful to Him today. And I want everybody in this church to understand me. I'm looking at you cold stare, Just looking at you right now. Tears in my I want to tell you something. I love the fire out of y'all. I love y'all so much. I love this church so much. I'm not trying to get your vote. I've got your vote. You vote every time you walk in this church. But I am so thankful that I get the privilege of pastoring people and I will never take it for granted. I will never be Lord over God's heritage. I'll always be a servant to this congregation because when I go home I want to hear him say well done thou good and faithful servant. I want to hear that. I want to be a servant of this church and I want this church to excel that it may edify and bless the kingdom wherever we go in Jesus name. Clap your hands real big right now. 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 Hallelujah! And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.